for joining us on this week's episode of Gateway to the Smokies. This podcast is about America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, a deep storied history, and rich, rich cultures that we, that we explore with weekly episodes. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, a man of the world, but also with deep, deep roots in these mountains. My family has lived in the Great Smokies for over 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. Today's podcast, we're going to talk about photography in the smoke smoke. First, I'll give you a little bit of uh, opportunities to experience mountain heritage. So as you know, we we started the Smoky Mountain, uh, the Meadowlark Smoky Mountain Heritage Center in Maggie Valley, uh, the Meadowlark Mark Motel Resort. Uh, and on July 31st, we're going to have a great example of mountain heritage events that we're having over the next few years. Um, so we're going to, going to introduce people, well not introduce, they've been around for a long time, we're, we're introducing to you our pod, pod audience, Haywood County natives, Charles Miller and Earl Lanning, who have roots firmly and interest in the, in the Smoky soil. Both men can trace their family tree in West Carolina back to the Revolutionary War, War era. And both had ancestors who fought in the 1776 Rutherford campaign, the Battle of Kings Mountain. More importantly, these 21st century Renaissance men are passionate about history and, and art and have led extremely interesting and colorful lives. Today, they are widely recognized for their expertise in 18th century history, firearms and accoutrements, as well as, well as low genealogy, metalwork, and wooden and bronze sculptures, including a life-size sculpture of a mountain mission created by landing at the Haywood County Courthouse. Both artists are so renowned storytellers which is a tradition in the mountains, and have been featured in traditional um, magazine, newspapers, and the book Colorful, Ca- Colorful Characters of the, of the Great Smoky Mountain Mountains by Bob. The Meadowlark Smoky Mountain Heritage Center and the Meadowlark Motel are honoring these two, two great uh, Haywood County artists and historians with an entire day on July 31st, 2021, celebrating life by featuring Traditional ballad singing honey tunes by Will Ritter. And I saw I saw him a few weeks ago, and he, he is fantastic. And uh, and he's going to play one of those uh, on, a, on a made by, by Earl Anning. There will be handcraft, a handcrafted moonshine still by Charles Miller, with other uh, work that he has done. There will be a display of frontier dress and a couture with a talk by, by Hanka. There will be a display of classic guns and sculptures created by Earl Land. It will come and culminate with an award presentations for lifetime achievement by the Mountain Meadowlark Smoky Mountain Heritage. Afterwards, there will be a dinner at world famous Day Arthur Steakhouses. Space is limited. Go to the MeadowlarkMotel.com for reservations and to RSP for the dinner, which are two different things. You've got to, you've got to make it to the event and RSVP for the dinner. Um, so it'll be, be fun. There'll be seminars, just to say, story, storytelling, books available, uh, you know, fun things to do. Uh, I guarantee it's a great, great marriage event. event. Um, um, I want to tell you that you can find more about this podcast at gatewithsmokies.fun. Most importantly, you can sign up for a newsletter there where we'll be letting you know about these kind of events on an ongoing basis. Uh, I'm going to tell you about our sponsors. 
I want you to imagine a place evocative the motor courts of the past, yet modern and vibrant, with a chic Appalachian feel. A place for adventure and for relaxation. Imagine a place where you can catch fish and a mountain heritage trout. trout. Grill, grill, catch a fire, and eat, and eat accompanied by fine wine or craft beers. Imagine a place with old, old-time music and old world, world cultural sounds. There is no, no other place. Like the, the Metal Ark Motel in May Valley, North North Carolina, your Smoky Mountain adventure starts with with where you stay. We're also sponsored by Smokies Adventure. That's Smokies Plural Information and listing about listings about the Smokies. It features hiking, bedding, and, and venues, books, and trail maps, and resources for experiencing the Smokies. Uh, uh, and the emphasis of Smokey's adventures, outdoor recreation, outdoor life events, like wedding adventures, laws, along with providing information on the lodging, family entertainment, events, conventions, honeymoon, and more. The goal has been to be the leading information portal on the Smoky Mountains. I remind, remind you this weekend again in Aggie's Hillbilly Billy Jam, run by my cousin and Betsy Ramsey, and it's a Beautiful two-day event that uh, uh, features glorious music, crafts, food vendors that have moon, moon from the Disney, Disney to the Channel, Discovery, Discovery Channel, Car Bike Show, and more. And you can go to thehillbillybilly.com to find, to find out more. Now, my guest today is Wayne Ebinger, who is a, who's a photographer. He is a Florida native now residing in Maggie Valley, North Carolina, where he owns and operates. Us, us successful photography business. Wayne has had a very diverse and interesting career as a former veterinarian, a technician, a professional musician, and currently an award-winning photographer, well known for his photo, local musicians, concerts, artists, and festivals, as well as, well as the natural beauty, beauty of the great Smokies. Hello, Wayne. Hi there. Glad to be here. Um, so, um, you grew up in Orlando, Florida, Florida, and were educated at the University of Florida, who originally to be a veterinarian. Is that, is that something you got into? Well, that's, yes. I, I, I noticed from a young age that I was kind of always leaning, I didn't notice it at that time, but I always kind of gravitated to animals of any kind. But after um, I got into my more of a teens and adult thing, I just kind of said, oh, this might be something I'd look into. So I I went into that after high school and started working with a, a local veterinarian in Orlando. And uh, that's where I started back in 68, I guess it was, right after I graduated from uh, high school. Stayed with that program and stayed with him, and he kind of mentored me. And I appreciated uh, everything he did for me on those. And then things just kind of evolved. I've been very blessed for uh, the multiple things that I've been involved with. Well, that that kind of career obviously takes a lot, a lot of commitment. And so, and so, when did you get out of that field? Field? I'm sorry. What was that? Well, it, that was, you, you obviously had to be very, very committed to be you know in any kind of field dealing with medicine, whether it's person or. Oh. Animals. Absolutely. Did you do that? Do that for? I, I missed that. The, absolutely. The uh, one when your your when your heart's into what you want to do and your and uh, one of your dreams, I just kind of engulfed it. it. It was I was working <laughs> something like anywhere from fifty to seventy hours a week at this clinic with this uh, with this veterinarian, and mm-hmm. just, doing, just doing lab stuff and doing helping with surgeries and all that. And I just loved every minute of it. So I just engulfed myself and saturated with my life with that. 
And then, so, uh, so, go ahead. So what, you decided to choose a different career path. Um, because um, I, I started actually playing in a, a drums when I was in 1963. And so that was going backward retro from uh, that. So I was 13 years old and actually was playing in, in bands and uh, through the younger days. And of course, back in the sixties, you were, uh, you know, I was actually uh, playing in, in uh, local lounges and, and, and plus youth centers and things like that. But I, they'd ha I was under the cloak of darkness, I guess, when I was doing that underage, but I just, Music was another thing that just I just loved doing it, and so that's part of uh, what I tried to do for the what all my life, and that's what I've been able to do for the last forty or fifty years. All three of them: the photography, the the music, and the the veterinary field. Yeah. So you uh, you were what are you you were a drummer, right? Yes. Is that what you're yeah, primary. Are you still, are you still, still do drumming drumming profession? I do. Um, I've, I've, I've changed a little bit over the years. With uh, uh, I switched from a drum set about nine years ago when I came up here to permanently to live at our place, and I've been doing cajones and and the, the percussion stuff for about six years, and so I couldn't get out of it. But now that I'm, I'm back, uh, had some 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 issues that I couldn't use my hands and things, so they're coming back. So now I'm going back into the drum set. So I'm going to do that and. Play guitar and piano, whatever I can get a hold of. Have you, have you worked with any well-known musicians or bands? Um, what we're doing currently with one of our businesses here in town, just down the road, the Elevated Mountain Distillery has a, we created a open jam night on Wednesdays. And we have brought in, uh, it's been going for almost three months now. And every week we have different people coming in with, with their instruments to come in and plug in. There's no... Uh, fee or anything like that, just the camaraderie of the uh, the community, and it's had good results, and it's good for the distillery too for his uh, for Dave Angel that owns it. All right, well, we're going to take a take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to get into your photography career and find out more about photographing in the Smith. Okay. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the, with the Gateway Smokies podcast and the guest, Wayne Ebinger. So, Wayne, um, today you are renowned for your photo photography, um, and uh, particularly your shots of artists and concerts and festivals, but also uh, the Smokies itself. How did you get started as a photographer? Um, there again, I kind of stumbled it into back in the 60s with a Kodak Instamatic 110 camera because that's all I could afford back then in my early teens. And there was, back in the day, Dick Clark used to have a traveling show called the Dick Clark Tra Caravan of uh, Stars. And he would bring them into Orlando, and there'd be outdoor concerts and things like that. And I would just take photos with that. And plus, the music was a big interest at the same time with me. And so it kind of tied in together. And so I was taking photos of like Paul Revere and the Raiders and uh, Dino Debbie and Billy. Uh, uh, and finally evolved into like uh, uh, Alice Cooper and things like that. But that kind of grew, grew into that. And then when I went to, to uh, college, I was uh, doing landscapes up in near in the University of Florida area. 
And up there, they had in Florida, they have a lot of sinkholes, and there's one called the Mill Hopper, which is right outside the university. And so I would go there with my camera, shooting like black and white back then, and on film, yeah, on film days. And so that's kind of got me going. And I had someone uh, ask about, uh, do I do weddings or something like that? And I said, no, but I do the camera. So I did actually my first weddings uh, uh, from a request from somebody from college. And then uh, that worked into a, that's another part of the photography business that I'll talk about too. Um, but the, the music and the entertainers that I watched and, and photographed was a really planted in, into my, uh, my that something that I wanted to do and I wanted to pursue that. So I did that, and I'll fast forward a little bit on the on the music and the photography thing. Uh, back in the late nineties. Middle 90s and late 90s, I, there was a place in Orlando called the Plaza Live Orlando. It was a movie theater, a, a huge uh, two theater store, uh, movie theater, but they closed it down and they opened it up with two stages a large stage that could hold uh, about 1,500 people and one that would hold 400 people next door. And so I was a house, they got me as the house photographer. And I, in over about four or five years, I did a, almost 400. Uh, shows, concerts there. And we had people like uh, uh, our bands, like Kev Mo. We had uh, Asia, Kansas. Uh, some some of them were some uh, 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 musicals that came in there. I would do through, but mostly it was all music. Music. Uh, John Oates was there with uh, Hall and Oates, and it was a blast doing that and being there for those that many years, meeting these people. And they're so genuine. Music and having that connection with music in my background open doors for me to get into uh, with the, the players that are there. Uh, and just like Tommy Emanuel was there several times and uh, there's more current people. If I mentioned the other ones, most people won't know who they are, but uh, that was a, that, that helped me solidify that part of it. And so, so you, you um, so, so you're um, essentially self-taught, right? Are you self-taught? Well, actually, well, yeah, initially, I think hope, probably most people are, especially at a young age like, like I was. But I did, when I, when I, the photography, when it led into the weddings, it kind of, uh, I liked doing that because it was, uh, I just had fun doing it. Most people, most people say, are you a photographer, you do weddings? And most photographers say, no, I wouldn't get near that. And I said, well, uh, my wife and I, said let's try this so we did but i went to uh conferences and i was uh went to uh, uh and listened to the main wedding photographers back then one of them was dennis reggie who did uh, john john jr kennedy john kennedy jr's wedding uh another fellow named david zeiser and also uh ernest wildy who was of hasselblad wrote hasselblad books and i was shooting hasselblads when i was doing weddings and so uh, we just had a great time with that. And that business we had for like 30 years. We had a studio as well. But um, the, the the weddings were a lot of fun. We just made it fun, made it uh, enjoyable to do. So we did that, which helped, helped me to, when we moved permanently up here in the mountains. Um, we did the, the small weddings that are located here with the uh, Appalachian Farm Weddings and some other country clubs that are around here. And, it, and those kind of venues were fun too because they were small, quaint, and, and intimate, if you will. 
Cool. Well, you know, I've, um, um, tell us, I've seen some of your videos. You know, recently, recently you're working at uh, event to Moki Spring Mountain Center. I, I just saw the photos for that, which were, which were great. All right. Um, I, I thought the name was. Uh, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. All right. So, uh, so I thought, I thought one of some impressive things about your videos is your. your Really to capture the at their best, but as, as, at the same time, the artist doesn't realize you or any, anyone else is, is, is there. Um, so it's very in, intimate and personable. How do you get people or to, or, or things that are in front of your cameras to be to be there? How do you get them to be in a moment like that? That the way you want? Um, from what I can could hear from you, you're talking about being uh, in the background. Is that what that we're saying is with photography? Sorry, uh, I was asking. You get very. Uh, can you hear me now? It's a little tough. I, my How is that? Is it me? Can you hear me? Hear me? I don't know. Better. That's that's a little bit better right there. Better. Um, Let's let's go with that. I think. All right. Okay. Um, well, one of my rules, in my personal rules, is to be what I call being very stealthy. I want to be unnoticed uh, at, at any function, whether it's a concert or or any or a wedding or whatever, or um, especially if I'm doing landscapes and tracking the elk down to Catalucci or something. You got to be quiet and stealthy there, but because we have all the, which is reminds me a little bit aside the. the, the Catalucci here, um, a valley where the elk live, come right over to, into Maggie Valley on a very regular basis, and uh, they come up into our yards. They, they hang out, you know, and they're just they're part of the of the Maggie Valley family, which is a great draw for people to come here and, and for things to do here in Maggie Valley. So, um, plus uh, with Maggie Valley, just an awesome little place because the uh, they have. Uh, Distillery with moonshine, like you did mention mentioned earlier, with the moonshiners coming in from the TV shows. I do a lot of work with them when they're in town. The, and the, the hillbilly jam is this weekend of the festival. I'll be there both days photographing that festival. Um, and so uh, the uh, just being uh, quiet and not and, and not and dress accordingly too. That's one of my bugaboos about what I've seen photographers in this with shorts on and white shirts or t-shirts. I like the black, <laughs> you know, and that helps, you know. But that, that's a, it's just an important thing for me. Cool. Now, uh, um, get a nerdy free for a second. What uh, technology and software and case stuff do you, do you use to do photography? I use, um, um, on the cameras, we're not, I'm going to cover that for a little bit, then I'll get into the, the, uh, the computers and what I'm doing with that. Um, of course, Wedding photographer, I was doing uh, Hasselblad, but uh, it's once the digital age came in, uh, I went, I switched into Nikon uh, 35 millimeter or the digital 35, what we call it, the digital uh, met modes. And I'm shooting that. Uh, that's my go to uh, setup with a, uh, my normal lens is a 2.8 lens, which is a 17 to 55 millimeter, which is for like where I could do close ups and group photos. And my other one is a 70 to 200 2.8 lens, which is great for low light. Both lenses are good for low light for concerts and, and uh, what I do. And you can, if I'm doing landscapes and wildlife, it, it 
the long lens, uh, 80 to 200 gets you closer. And then so you can get some nice shots of the, the elk and the wildlife or the eagles that we have at Lake Junaleska nearby. Um, as for post-production, what I like I use is, um, of course, we're, we're a computer, but I use Photoshop and Lightroom. And I have my system of um, upgrading, uploading those. And and I fortunately, I don't have to do much uh, manipulation in the what I call the the dark room on the, on the uh, computers. Like uh, mm-hmm. what what I shoot, I try to make it as best as possible, yeah. so I don't have to go in and spend a lot of time on that. So you know, every uh, every photographer I've I've known, known that are, you know and are good good, and I think I see that in yours. Usually, usually will say something with their photo photos. Um, so how do how do you get that into your photographs? Oh, the uh, I mean, when I when I, before I take the photograph, there's yeah. uh, my my eye. What I see is what you're trying to say. Uh, you're saying, yeah, a lot yeah. of it's there, um, and I have a. A, a second sense, I guess you will, or uh, when I'm doing a concert, like we, the one we just did here with uh, Darren Nicholson and his group for the uh, Smoky Mountain Heritage uh, uh, group. Um, there's just certain angles, and you have to see what, what the, the lighting is and where the people are and how they're sitting. So all that is going on in my – I never, never stopped and thought about it, but these things are all going on simultaneously, and I think – an angle where it be up or down, left or right, and zoom in or out. It just those things. Uh, I can see that, and then when I when I see that, I'll capture that moment. Cool. So I'm going to get into some of your subjects. Um, Who's your favorite vacation that you've photographed? Uh, oh, the favorite. Oh gosh. Um, well, I. I'll do this first. There's actually the, my favorite group is because they're the ones that when I moved up here, they they actually started me into the music and photography area with the local musicians in Western North Carolina here. And that would be the Balsam Range, which is uh, some of the members are, are Darren Nicholson and Mark Pruitt, Tim Surratt, Caleb Smith and Buddy Melton. And they kind of took me under their wing and brought me into their recording studio. And I got to meet um Musicians there, um, and it, my list of people just grew exponentially just because uh, one group of people will, will see my work, and then they would refer to other band members of other groups. And so uh, I owe a lot to them, and uh, they're, they're always fun uh, to, to photograph. I've been with them almost nine years uh, photographing that. Uh, and then some other as an individual, um, I know Tommy Emanuel is very – electric on stage um, with his guitar playing and but there's there's, there's so many of them it's hard to, to uh, pinpoint on that but any any musician is fun have <laughs> you ever shot any personal musical heroes I mean your taste run, run. have you gotten the time to take any of them <laughs> um you hear I, I couldn't. I couldn't hear. Can you hear? Can you hear me now? Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, the musical heroes. Um, yes, actually, when I was at the Plaza Live in Orlando Theater, uh, Steve Gad, now Doctor Steve Gad, the drummer, um, he was playing there. He came there twice. He was with um, uh, 
Bob James and his group of the jazz things. And so he was there that one night and I got him to, uh, he signed a, a drum head for me and he put it on there and I've got that on my wall. But Steve Gadd, as far as a musician, it's, it's just uh, because of me being the drummer kind of thing. It's just amazing uh, to have met him. And he, he played there three or four times and every time it was great to walk in and when they know you, when you walk in, it's very comfortable. It's like walking in a friend's house. Yeah. Say Steve Gadd. All right. When, when we uh, it's good. Uh, when we get, I'm going to find out more about what you do. What you know, what you your experience in the Smokies and Aggie Valley is, and uh, and things like that, uh, and some of your locations for photography. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with, with Gateway to the Smokies podcast. I said my guest, Wayne Ev- Evinger. So, Wayne, what caused you to relocate to Maggie Valley and build your business here? Um, I'll, I'll try to make this as short as possible. But uh, when we were, when I was doing the things back in Orlando, I was working two to three jobs. One of them was the veterinary thing four days a week, and weekends were open because of. Uh, starting way back because I was on the road being a musician on weekends. And so um, after I got off the road, off touring and stuff, um, I kind of had some, what the photography had developed into the, what it is, was for the uh, weddings. So we did that on the weekends and still do the veterinary in a week. But during that time, I, we were coming up to Maggie Valley um, in the mid eighties to uh, my wife and I, before we had our children and uh, would stay up here and just uh, rent different places at Lake Junaluska, which is a was the Methodist uh, headquarters at the time. And uh, we'd, we'd come up twice a year just for that. Um, and I just from there, uh, the the scenery, the mountains is it, it, we just fell in love with it because the uh, in Florida you get nothing but flat land and hot and humid <laughs> and things like that. But uh, after a while, we decided to uh, we bought some property in Maggie Valley, and then we paid that off and then we built a house uh, and then used it as a, a short-term rental here in the, just for the summer. Uh, and that turned out to be a, a, a blessing as far as having it rented and taking care of itself. So after about 15 years, we had the crunch and all that in 80 and 80, uh, 90, what is it? 2008. So anyway, we figured, uh, well, what are we going to do? So I got to the time where we, I could retire from the other, from the veterinary thing. So I said, let's my wife. And I said, well, maybe we should go up to the house or something. But our kids said, why don't you go up to the mountain house and live? So we do that full time now, since, uh, 2013. But being here in the meantime, when we come up and visit the, the Blue Ridge Parkway is just around the corner from us. It's like from Maggie Valley, you take five miles uh West on Soco and Soco Road, and then make a left, and you're another five minutes. You're up on top of a Water Rock Knob, and then you can take that take Blue Ridge all the way into Asheville and beyond. Or if you made a, a right hand turn, you end up in Tennessee. So, uh, and there's a lot of so much scenic. They got the graveyard um, uh, area. There's waterfalls through there, and it's just and it's a, a great day to hike. Uh, uh, they have hiking up there, bike riding. Um, so the things to do up here are just just unlimited, especially if you're outdoors uh, type. Um, and of course, like I mentioned, the Catalucci Valley is always great to do with the with the history that's there. 
and the old churches, Baptist churches that are up there from the 1800s and a uh, lot of uh, beautiful uh, mountain uh, views from here too. So sunsets are just killer. If, if, somebody, if, if, if somebody was was coming to the mountains to, to photographs, where would you rec- recommend the best photographs to, to be? I prefer because our house actually looks west, although we're north facing it towards Catalucci Mountain. Um, the sunsets are just just amazing. Kind of, I'm looking at the your, the, your background right now, and this is what <laughs> it looks like almost every night, especially in the fall with the, when the cooler temperatures and the clouds and all come in. But that is just uh, that's my go-to place. It's, it doesn't take much time to get there. And you get great results. And also uh, a friend of mine was into astrophotography. And so I was going with him and I learned a lot with him with telescopes and just amazing stuff, way beyond my capabilities of photography. But up there you get the stars and, and he would we would actually find the planets and, and uh, photograph them. But and this Water Rock room. Knob is great for, for evening photography. I would say Water Rock Knob is great because you have uh, the, the option of shooting towards Can- Can- uh, Cherokee. Uh, which you can actually see from Water Rock Nub, where, where the Indian Reservation is and Harris Hotel and all that and the gambling. But that's a really nice place. Uh, Water Rock Nub is my favorite because it's nearby and there's a lot of things to do there. Hiking, biking, and photography. And what are the best winter spots? The best winter months? The winter, winter, um, winter spots. The best the best winter spots. Winter spots. Well, um, the whole the whole place changes because you don't see leaves anymore. It's all empty branches, and, we'll, and every year we'll look over the mountain and say, "Wow, look at how many houses are there we didn't know were there." You know, when we started up here twenty something years ago. You could count on your hand, kind of like how many were across from the from you. But now it's like, uh, and you can tell by the lights and that are on it. But it's it's, it's the people have come in here and they're. But I would say that at, um, in the wintertime, that the snows are, uh, aren't really too bad. We have maybe two or three weeks out of the, out of the whole season that you have to, we have to walk down and get the car at the, at the, farmer, the Lewis farm to get our car. But we have to walk about uh, three quarters of a mile to get down to it and go up to our place to get back. But, uh, but the scenes for that are... Uh, Lake Junaluska is, is nice to go through when it's in the winter in the snow because they have the, the cross that's there on the lake and it has, it's lit up and uh, with the snow, it just makes a beautiful scene there. Um, and even the places that, well, you can't go on the parkway when it's snowing and ice, so you can't really say go to a parkway in the wintertime because you're not, it's not safe and they close it down. So you're limited there. So you just have to kind of look around and some of the streams are nice when you have the snow on the side, on the moss and the trees, and you've got those running uh, 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 waters in the streams or the rivers there. Uh, Jonathan Creek, which is just right behind the Metal Ark Motel here, uh, is always moving. You, you hear that water in the stream. It just, like, puts you in another uh, a quiet, solid solitude place, and it's just it's nice to do that. But this, the streams are fun to do, and experiment with uh you see photographs of ste- um, waterfalls or streams and it looks like they look like milk i call it milky look too where all the water is kind of white and and soft learning mm-hmm. that technique to do that it's, it's simple to do but doing that when, once you accomplish that it's it's like look what i can do kind of thing and show people and be uh but it makes the, the photo look so much nicer it's, it's a simple t- technique but it's it's, it's uh, a <laughs> I, I won't tell how to do that just yet
maybe next time. So I, I know you mentioned Elk Fest, and so you so you photographed for that. Any tips for tips for, for photographing elk? Um, well, the main thing is to uh, respect them. You know, they are uh, they're wild. They, although they come up here and they they'll like they'll come right up, you know, within ten feet of you. But you just uh, you, you keep your distance with them. Just be safe. Use your common sense. Don't feed them. Don't do anything like that, which people do. And then. You know they're, they're huge animals. I mean they're they're not they're bigger than horses, and they uh, that you don't know what they're going to do. We and there's usually a male, one male, and about and he's uh, we have one. I'll tell a quick story about it. Coming up our driveway, I actually caught a little video of it. He was coming up the driveway, and he has his beautiful antlers, and they're just, which they they lose every year, but they're very lightweight because they're just hollow basically. But he was coming up, trotting up the, our, our, our driveway, which is about a 33 degree up the mountain thing. And so I'm watching, I'm doing a video of that. And I say, uh, my wife, I saw her coming around the corner, getting ready to come up to make a little turn to go up the driveway. And she, I see her stop because it's not, you know, we see them all the time. So he came on up and walked on up through, through me, up through the driveway and walked around. I, I named him Elvis the Elk, which is kind of like, why not? Not original, but it it was nice. It's a great video to do that. And we've had some of the males come up. And um, one day we were looking over our porch. Just say you're on your porch and there's 15 feet down. You look over the porch and there here goes uh, four females just walking right in front of us, going around the back of the house. And about three minutes later, here comes the here comes the boy, you know, <laughs> the male, because the, uh, they're kind of like in the rut season and stuff. And so he comes right by, right in front of us, and walks up there, and they they look at you, and they just keep walking through. But you know, and I, you get photos like that. But in, the the best place is in the in the fall when they get into the rut season, they start bugling, uh, which is a beautiful sound that they make, calling the you know the females, and. Um, with a long telephoto lens, you can go to the Catalucci Valley. That's where they, they, they hang out in the evening for food and, and where they like to, to live. And uh, there, that's where you get your best photographs in, the, in, in that, that elk area. Cause it's, uh, and they're getting to a point now that um, we've, they've maxed out. They've been here, what, I think 20-something years now, 22 years. Has it been that long? Wow. Yeah. yeah. When they moved yes. them, because they used to be here, and then, then they brought some in from the mid, from out west. And this this is the group, and uh, they they keep going. Yeah, that, that they, it's so funny. Yeah. You can be go, driving. I can be driving home here, right on Soco Road here, in front of the Metal Art uh, Motel, and here comes, you know, anywhere from six to I've counted eighteen at one time. The elk walking on the sidewalk, coming up through or crossing through. And of course, people stop, you know, and they watch and look at it, and just, but just let them go, let them be. But so. <laughs> A lot of, at least we have the cell phones now. At least you can pick it on the cell phones. So if you don't have a camera, you can do that. Right. But, but being so, quiet and stealth and, and just don't get too close. Well, that's, well, that's I mean, I think it's a society. I don't think Elkfest is, is coming back here, but it'll be back next, next year. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, I, I, think, I think that's it's a great festival celebrating the elk, the elk and all the culture and all the things that you can do around, around here to grace the elk. Yeah, that was a great festival they had there. Unfortunately, because of the, you know the COVID thing, we had a little couldn't do that this year. Good, and then they, they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it, get it scheduled for this year. So, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be there next year. Um, do you have to? I was wondering, wondering, do you have permits or fees to do photography in the national? 
like, uh, repeat that again. Do you have to have to have any permits or fee required to do do uh, say commercial photography in, in the mountain Smoky Mountain Park, the national park? Um, not that I'm aware of. Um, although I found out because uh, I'm in the senior group, I was able to get a a lifetime membership for the national parks for ten dollars. Okay. I said, okay, that's good. So my wife and I did that, and fishing too. But uh, not, not I, the photograph. I don't believe you need to have anything like that. Uh, All right. I do. I do real estate photography too when when I'm asked to do that. But um, no. Okay. Cool. All right. When uh, when we come back, yeah, you're you're well known for for knowing about the venues and events and things. So, so I'll find out some of your favorite places and different kinds okay. of events uh, when we come back. Looking forward to it. Okay, let's do that. This is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast, and my guest, Wayne Emminger. So, Wayne, Wayne, you've done so much uh, photography of musicians and artists in this area. Been to a lot of places. So, so imagine we got a tour, tourist that's coming here, and we're going to talk, talk to them. So we're going to I'm going to pick some places. That you, that, uh, of types, and you can tell us which might be the, the best variety. For example. If somebody's looking for a, for a regional music venue where you can might, might hear acoustic music or, or an artist performing, where we go? I would say, actually, I would, uh, especially if they were coming into this area of the Maggie Valley area, I had mentioned the uh, Elevated Mountain Distillery, which is just um, down the road from, from Metal Art Motel um, with Dave Angel. He has a, a entertainment there uh, five nights a week now. Wow. Um, different things. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, we had, we opened up the uh, we started a open jam for musicians on Wednesday nights. Thursday night, they have karaoke, and there's some great local talent and people coming in here with karaoke. I, I was always worried about karaoke, but uh, there's some great voices out there that are that are not in groups and things. Uh, and then Friday and Saturday, they have bands, and it could be anywhere from. Uh, uh, Bluegrass to jazz to jazz. Um, um, uh, just a rock band too. There's a lot of that going on too. But that's on Friday and Saturday, and sometimes on Sundays you'll have other events too with music related there. That's right here in, in Maggie Valley. Uh, the other place was places would be in closest would be in uh, Asheville. I do a, a lot of photography at a place called Isis Music Hall, which is in on uh, the west side of Asheville, and they have uh, a stage area. Where, I had, where you can have dining and great food, great food there. And then they also have a lounge upstairs. They can have uh, lounge shows first, like from six to eight. And downstairs they'll have, with the dinners, eight to 11 or so. So two th- things can be going on there. And they have big band stuff. They have uh, uh, bluegrass. They've had um, any, uh, any, any of the event. Uh, what I like about the ISIS is uh, because he has a great genre of different types of music uh, there. Uh, the other ones that are around um, would be, uh, they, I'm trying to think of the name, they just changed the name of it. Uh, well, they just opened one up, it's called the uh, um, 
Hazel Robinson Amphitheater, which is in Asheville, which is an open theater, which is normally was for stage productions like Shakespeare and things like that. But now they've had the Balsam Range open it up this year in April when, when the first thing of COVID opened up. So we did the, the first concert down there, out there and outside. It's perfect stadium seating outside. And they're doing outside. They're doing I've been concert now, aren't they? Uh, the, the pandemic, this concept, concept, the big concert, right? Yes, uh, right, right here at the festival ground where they have uh, uh, where the um, hillbilly jam is going to be this weekend. In the winter, it's like in the twenties and thirties, but they had they invented the thing where they had the uh, drive-in concerts. Where you come in your car and you stay in your car, you don't get out, and the band's playing on the stage, and you can um, you know x amount of dollars to get in with your with a carload of people. And you bring your own food, but it was uh, our house sets right above the festival grounds, and I can see the stage from my house. We're at thirty five hundred feet up, and uh, we can hear it. We <laughs> it, it was too cold to go there and do one of the shows, guys. So I'm not going down there, but we sat out on our port on our little thing with the fire pit and uh, and that, and just listened to the music. It was uh, Grace Potter was playing, and they've had Sam Bush there this year, Grace Potter and. Uh, Del McCurry has been there, and Keller Williams, and uh, just I think I had like five, five, five of those concerts there. But the concert thing was uh, a great invention. Um, I don't know if, if it's going to work when we get back to normal things or not, because people want to get out and yeah. you know, talk well, to people. Well, the, and, the, the, the wind sounds like it might have a remote chance. We'll have to we'll have to see. Oh, that, that's kind of quite cool. Actually. Um, hey, what about, what about traditional singing? I know that there's the stopping ground that has been a long, been a long time, but uh, you know, still yes. has stuff on Saturday nights. But is there, is there, is there any places that are good around the area? area? Asheville yeah, the stop, yeah, the stopping grounds have been a, a, a mainstay here for for clogging. That's the, what it's all about there, and uh, they uh, they're open just in the fall, uh, the summer, and, and up into the fall. And it's um, Saturday nights from at eight o'clock, and uh, a great a lot of room for parking. And the, the clogging, if you've not seen it or, or or into it, it's a wonderful place. It's a huge, like an antique-looking barn, but a huge, huge place to, to sit for entertainment. But the stomping ground is great. Um, until, of course, one of the, the legends was here. His hometown was uh, Raymond Fairchild, and he had a place right across from the distillery. And called the Maggie Valley Opry, and he would play every Friday and Saturday night, and I'd go down there and photograph him and sit with him, and, and we'd be talking. But unfortunately, we lost him two years ago, coming up this year. And what a character uh, David, I mean uh, Raymond Fairchild was. Um, but uh, so you got you know that kind of there's I think they're starting now to have dance clubs or something like that uh, in Waynesville, which is just around the corner from Maggie Valley. And uh, but I haven't looked. I just heard about that, so I think that's a, a plus where people can get out. Which they might have ballroom dancing. I think they're going to do that. Uh, waltz, uh, whatever mm-hmm. method they, they have. The they have the three. They have the street dances on Friday nights, nights too, right? Waynesville. Yeah. They do. Um, yep. The the, the shut the Waynesville kind of shuts down after five o'clock. That's why we, one of the reasons we like to move up here. But uh, they have one coming up. I think I think Darren uh, Nicholson and his band's going to be there in about a week or two with the, the Friday night uh, street dance. And they've reincorporated this year with the uh, folk mood coming to town. Uh, that's been on hiatus too. And uh, that, but they they close the street down and you have live bands and entertainment vendors and uh, local entertainment, lo- local music and. 
it's a, it's a great thing. It's free. You know, people mm-hmm. can go down there and just have fun with that. So, um, so you know, I bet you know a lot, a lot about festivals. Which are, which are the best from the area for some for some incumbent? The festivals. Yeah, which festivals, festivals in the Western North Carolina the be, that are that are annual, the best ones to come to. Uh, of course, the, well, the Hillbilly Jam is, is the, has been a mainstay. This is their tenth year. I've been involved with them for nine. Um, <clears throat> the Lake Logan, which is uh, the Episcopal Church, owns that, which is a beautiful place there for recreation. They uh, for boating and and uh, camp, camp. I think camp. I'm not sure, but um, that is a. They have the outside uh, concerts as well in the summer, usually around July. Um, the other festivals, there's there's the in Hendersonville or down south in Brevard, they have the White Squirrel uh, Festival, and there's all kind of festivals. Uh, just you know, there's you know, if you have an idea, it could be an acorn festival if you haven't had an acorn. <laughs> but if, it doesn't matter. People are going to go because it's fun and, and music. Um, but there's around the Asheville area. Oh, there's another place, a new venue that's been out. It's called the, the Barn at Paint Fork, which is nearby here up above Weaverville. And they're, uh, um, they're having a group called the Outlaws, which is a, a well-known uh, rock group, if you will, in Boston Range. They bring people in there, but they're, uh, it's a beautiful place and venue for uh, live entertainment. And that's about a 45 minute drive from uh, Orlando, um, from Maggie Valley. And, uh, but that's, uh, that's one of the newer venues, but music, you can find it up here. And that's, that's what it's about. When I, moved, when I got here, it was like, oh my goodness, all these young kids and they're, they learn to play music yeah. on instruments when they're five years old. And they're just like, yeah. like so I, uh, we, we got to come to it in here. So, so um, okay. I, want, I want you to, to tell, tell people how they get a hold of you, how they see your work. Okay. Um, right now, um, uh, I don't have a web page <clears throat> anymore <clears throat> when I moved up here. I just uh, Facebook was doing well. So I you just kept, you can catch me on Facebook, uh, Wayne Ebinger, that's the name. And then you'll see what my recent uh, – photographs are and uh the people i've been photographing and actually the one the concert i did here just last uh this past weekend will be on there starting tomorrow <laughs> and if they want, want to do work with you how, you know to hire you for some work what would they do they can contact me through the messenger on there it'd be fine okay yeah, 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 yeah. uh well thank, thank you for being on the show, show at the end of it i want to talk uh TalkRadio.ny Network. It's a fabulous network for all sorts of live podcasts. We're here every Tuesday night from 6 to 7. Uh, uh, Rector is one about New York City and exploring New cities. So I'd, I'd love for you to, to experience all that, all that uh, New York and the Smith Smoky Mountain uh, have to have. And, and uh, I'll see you next week on the same time. time same place.